Truth be told, I have over eight minutes of failed podcast intros. They all have me stumbling over my words because I start talking too fast and my brain's moving, but my mouth, it's just, it's not up to speed. I have eight minutes of podcast intros that are just, they're not going to work. So let's try it, huh? You're, you're in this ride together. We're already into, hey, just in case we didn't, I didn't say already, even though to me, I've said it for eight and a half minutes. But hi, my name's Colton. And today I want to take us on a little bit of a Bible adventure through some history, some stories that we know pretty well into some verses that we know pretty well. If you've been in church for any length of time, if you haven't heard these verses before, welcome to church. Welcome to the Bible. I'm so glad you're here. Not to be condescending at all, I want everyone to know the truth. I want everyone to know some knowledge of the Bible. But the most importantly, I want everyone to just hold on to the next moment in your life because it may look rough now, but I know it's gonna get better through the Word of God and through faith in Jesus. My name's Colton. Have I said that already? I don't remember, but we're going. This is it. This is Holding On with Colton. Today, our story, our first podcast, inaugural podcast, one of currently one. We find our passage of scripture surrounding a very prominent passage, if you will, in the Bible. It starts off with finding about 4 million people, as some scholars say, in between a bunch of rocks and a very wet place. Let's dig in. Exodus 14. Uh, starting at the first verse to give a little context before we even start with the first verse let me say that just quick where our story last left, left off the heroes back up against the Red Sea they have left Egypt after 10 miraculous plagues find them yourself it's an exodus it's a great book if you want to start reading the Bible and you want some fun and adventure if you want some crazy cool tales of just awesome stuff going on you have to read it to believe it. Read Exodus. It's got everything. It's got everything you need. It's so, it's just, it's so much bigger than a Sunday school tale. Once you read it, you start feeling the power of what God wants to do in his people. And if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to say in faith, you are God's people. Even if you don't know it, God has created you and he wants you to be part of his family. Amen. That's so awesome. And this is what he would do for his family. He would make them run through a wilderness, being chased by an army, till they're back up against a wall. They're facing a literal ocean, basically. A gigantic body of water where they know they can't go over it. <laughs> they don't have boats. They can't go under it. It's really hard to get that many people and camels to swim. They physically cannot go around it. It is so large. And if you look at some of the geogra geographic terrain of where many believe it is, it's, it's very tough to get around, especially with four, up to four million people. Have I said that? Four million people. That's like, that, that's more than a lot of countries in the world. That's more than a lot of states in the Union. It's about half the state of Washington, which is where I live. They're at this one point where there's no turning back because behind them is an army that is chasing them. And in front of them is an ocean that they can't go through. 
Oh, wait, they can go through. They just don't know it yet. Starting Exodus 14, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Moses, our main character, he's the leader of these, these ragtag group of people. Tell the people of Israel, turn back and encamp in front of Pi Heiroth, between Migdal and the sea in front of Baal Zephon. I'm not going to get the pronunciations right at all, but we're going to get the, the, the premise of the story. You shall encamp facing it, facing this body of water by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land of the wilderness, has shut them in. And that will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So this is what's going on. God has set his people free. Up to this point, these people that are wandering in the wilderness, that are escaping, they were slaves, and God has freed them through 10 miraculous miracles. Now, Pharaoh wants his slaves back, so he's chasing them. He's chasing them. And Lord says to Moses, who had gained a, a you know, good distance, he said, all right, pretend like you're wandering for a moment because I got a plan. He's leading the enemy into a trap. The enemy doesn't know it. The people don't really know it because they get scared. They say, we're going to die here. And God says, if you just hold on to the next moment, great things are going to happen. It's tough to hold on to the next moment because what you're going through right now is tough. Perception is reality, is it not? Is that okay to say? At least that's how it feels. Where you are, you kind of feel like where you're going to be for at least the next moment. How can I hold on to this? But if we just have a little faith, and I know that's tough to do. Faith is a tough thing to grasp if you have nothing to base it off. The Bible calls it faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seeing things as evidence seems like pretty terrible evidence in the court of law. But that's why faith is just so powerful. Believing on the invisible, believing on the invisible God to do wonders in your life seems like the craziest things ever until you start to do it and you just watch what happens. I have many stories and experiences in my life where if we just waited on God, amazing things happen. I was born with cerebral palsy. I wasn't supposed to walk. I wasn't supposed to have fine motor skills. When I was a baby, my mom and my dad took me to a doctor, and they said, your son's never going to walk again. I wasn't moving much as a kid, which is kind of sad because I don't move too much now. I'm not like a very mobile person. I have arms and legs that work, God bless, because I'm getting to that part of the story. Don't worry. But I don't, I don't take advantage of it. I try to play basketball sometimes. I'm not very good. But as a baby, I didn't move at all. My parents were worried. But my aunt went to one of them praying churches. I'm sure you've heard about them. They're apostolic, Pentecostal, one God, holy rollers, speak in tongues, have faith. They pray. And so that church prayed. And one month later, the same baby with the same parents went to that same doctor. And that doctor looked at that same baby and said, this is not the same child that you brought last month because all the signs of cerebral palsy were gone because my God still does miracles. That happened 22 years ago. But every day I can wake up and say, my God is still doing miracles because I wasn't supposed to do this. But my parents in that church waited on, and they weren't believers at that point. My dad was an atheist. But because of that moment, because of holding on to the next moment, 
they went to that aunt, to my aunt's church and they found something even greater, even more of a miracle than being able to walk. They found life and life more abundantly at the altar of that church. The power of holding on to the next moment. The, en- the enemy, the adversary, the devil, he's a tough cookie. He's one tough cat. In fact, the Bible calls him a cat. Big cat, a lion. First Peter 5, starting at verse, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got to scroll. I'm using the old phone Bible right now because I don't write things down. I'll try to in the future, I promise, because I'm going to have a little faith right now. I think we're going to get an episode two sometime. First Peter 5, starting at verse 8. This is in the English Standard. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a, lord, a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. Oof. Ha-ha. I'm not a big cat person. Sometimes cats are scary. But lions, they're no joke. Lions are the big cat. They're the king of the jungle. Cream of the crop that rose to the top of the food chain. They'll get you. The devil's portrayed as a lion. But it's okay. Because if we just, even in reading this scripture, just hold on to the next verse. There's this lady. Uh, I heard the story one time. I'm not making them up. I promise. I've heard it. She called her pastor. Very scared. She said, Pastor, I'm reading in Genesis and, and, and the devil shows up as a serpent. And I'm reading in 1 Peter. Peter calls him a roaring lion. And in Revelation, he's a, he's, he's a dragon. That's tough. How do you beat it? How do you get he's, he's too He's too powerful. He's too strong. Pastor just quiets her down by saying, I know he's a serpent, but if you just read the next few verses, God said that the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. We can have power over that serpent. And I know he says he's a lion, but let's just read the next verse. How about us do that? Unless you're driving right now, just listen and be blessed, hopefully. Prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour but he resists the steadfast in the faith. In the ESV, it says, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Verse 10, and after all, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you into his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. I know the lion's the king of the jungle, but my God has has the earth as his very footstool, not even the throne. He just puts his feet on earth. That's how in control he is. The world is just so, everything around us is just so not a problem to God. He can handle it all. He has dominion over everything, including your very situation. The Israelites, they just held on to the next verse. They held on to what God said would happen. And even though it looked like that they're in a trap that they couldn't get out of, and the enemy was closing in, and it looked like there was no escape, God made a way to escape. First, he sealed up the hole behind them where the, where the Egyptians were coming. Second, he had Moses stretch his hand over the Red Sea, and it split. It said a giant east wind came, and it split the Red Sea, and it was dry ground. 
a place where they couldn't go over, they couldn't go around it, they couldn't go under it. They had to go through it. And go through it they did, not by their own might or power, but by the glory of God. They walked on dry ground. All, every single one of them made it through to the other side. And just as a, because God, he, he has a way of doing things. That it just works out better than you could even plan it. I, you know, I'm not a good planner. But the best party planner couldn't plan this, all right? The moment that it looked like the, Israel, uh, the Egyptians could get in, God opened them up so it looks like they could catch up to them. He opened up the back. The Egyptians started going. And as soon as the last Israelite got on the other side, God closed the waters. And every single Egyptian in that army fell into the sea. And their chariots got stuck in the mire and the, you know, clogged up their very chariot wheels. And he even says, I don't want to be too gross, but the Bible says it so I can say it, that dead bodies were found on the shore of the other side. God delivered them. And he had a little dramatic flair to it too. If you just hold on to the next verse, hold on to the next verse, hold on to the next moment. I know my God will provide for all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I know he can keep you. The steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says that mercy and truth will preserve you as long as you're following the right path, as long as you're on, you know, going through the right steps. So that's it. That's our episode today. Thank you for coming along on this journey. Thank you for going through my monologue of how many tries I've tried, uh, how many times I've tried to start it. If this was one one of those first few tries, I probably would have restarted just because of that last little little slippage of the tongue. But that's just what's gonna happen. Get used to it. That's what I'm telling myself. Because hopefully I'll get better. All you gotta do is just hold on. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your ear. Thank you for listening. And hope to see you next time on Hold On.